Let us pray. O Lord, we thank you that you have put us in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you have made us one of the joints and ligaments through which the body hangs together, by which the body is nourished. O Lord, how could we hold such a privileged position in this work that has cosmic ramifications, in this work that is bringing about your fullness in this world. Oh, Lord, we thank you that you have given it to us, that you've saved us, brought us out of the kingdom of darkness to put us in the kingdom of your dear Son. Bless us that we may know who we are, what we are about, what you are doing. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Certainly, one of the most important things for us is a sense of significance, isn't it? Do I have any significance in this world? What is my place in this world? Do I mean anything to this world, to anybody? And some of us even here may be questioning, uh, do I matter at all? Does anything I do matter? Does all the stuff I do every day matter? What's the significance of my life? What's the significance that I live, that I'm even here on this earth? What, is, what does it mean? And what am I to be? What am I to do? And I want to, from this passage, show that as believers, you have a critical place in the one organism that has cosmic influence in this world, that has worldwide influence that has eternal influence, and you play a critical part in that organism, the church. That you are a part of the body of Christ, and that means everything. And it means more than anything else in this world. That you have been made a part of the body of Christ, a working member, a vital part of that body. Now, it will mean two things, at least, and there are many things that we could say. But one thing that it's going to mean is for you, therefore, there must be a daily quest to know Christ Jesus and to help every one of us know Christ Jesus. Okay? That defines your life from now on as a believer. That I will have this quest to know Christ and I will be holding on to all of my brothers and sisters that they may know him as well. Now you'll see here Christ exalted in verse uh, 7 and 8 to pour out gifts upon the church, which are then laid out in verse 11. Now if you don't have your Bible, page 977... It's where we are, 977, 978. And as he talks about pouring these gifts out to the church, he speaks in verse 12 of the teaching gifts of the church, the foundational gifts of apostleship and prophets. But then he gets to those continuing gifts of evangelist and pastor, teacher. And you notice that the point is that they equip the saints for ministry 
to build up the body. And then we get to verse 13 of what this building means, the building up of the body. What's the purpose? What's the point? Until we all attain, verse 13, to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, or to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So there's this straining for Christ and to receive the full measure of Christ. And we might think, as in some passages, that it means to imitate Christ or be like Christ. But that's not the emphasis. As important as that is, like later in this chapter, he speaks about forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And the beginning of chapter 5, walk in love as Christ loved us. So that's an aspect of teaching that we imitate Christ. But the fullness being spoken of here is the knowledge of the Son of God. And the unity of the faith means the unity of what we believe, of the whole of what God has done for His people, that we all come to believe these things together, to hold to them together. And as one has put it, concerning the knowledge of Jesus Christ, to appropriate all that is involved in the salvation which centers in Christ. In other words, to embrace, to believe, to live out, and to know all that Christ is, all that He has done for us, and for that to have a continual impact in our lives. And we're to help one another to know this Christ in this way. Christ is the total goal. And it's even said in this way, to grow up in all things into Him, verse 15. We're to grow up in every way into Him who is the head. But in the context it means into knowing Him who is the head. Into embracing and tasting and, and, and uh, living that out in our lives. Let me just give one example for us, a personal example. To know all that He is and all that He's done, all that He is doing for you, all that He will do for you and us. To be excited about that and conforming your ways to those things. For instance, you, might, you would be learning that your slavery to sin has ended. You learn in Romans 6 that you have died with Christ and the, the dominion that sin had on you is gone. You've been raised up to a new life of obedience. Or as Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians, the old has passed away, the new has come. And so you know, I'm a new creation. You consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God. And here it gets personal. And so as a husband, old, old habits and patterns of being short with your wife, testy, downright mean at times. And it basically has defined your relationship to your wife over the years. But under this teaching, you begin to recognize this and you recognize that I can die and I must die. I have died to these things I can live in a new creation. I can live a new life of Christ toward my wife. And you begin to live out that life of love. Even as the first part of this chapter, with humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another. 
And you don't just look at that as some possibility or something that's out there distant from you, but you believe that He is going to work that in my life. I am a new husband in Christ. (laughs) I'm a new husband in Christ, and I don't have to live like I've lived. I can redefine myself. I can be in a year a different kind of husband, and my wife will be shaking her head wondering, what happened to my man? (laughs) Where did he go? But I sure like the new one. You're like people who are under oppression and you finally say, in Christ, I'm not taking this anymore. I'm not taking being this slob anymore that I've been. I can be a new man in Christ. You see, that's part of growing up into the fullness of the knowledge of Christ. Knowing who He is, what He's done for me, who I am in Him, and how I can live a new life in Christ I'm not going to be the same husband I've been all of these years because Christ has made me free. And of course, we can make a similar application to wives. I'll let you connect the dots there. But this is what uh, truth consists of, of preaching the truth to one another. It's preaching this knowledge of Christ, growing in our understanding of the salvation that we have in Christ Uh, So this total motion toward Him, straining to have Him, straining to taste Him, straining to be like Him in our new freedom in Him. But we want to do this all together. It's It's a we. What's so fascinating about this passage is that He speaks of us as though we're one person. It literally reads in verse 13, to a mature man. So we're all together, arm in arm, moving in this direction. And we're holding on to one another and preaching the truth to one another. You see, it says that in verse 15, speaking the truth in love. We're speaking the truth of the knowledge and glory of Jesus Christ to one another all the time. Speaking the truth so that we know Him and we help one another know Him right where we live, as it was stated in our Sunday school class. It's a three-legged race. Three-legged races are hard, aren't they? You don't want to just shake this person loose and just take off running. But you're tied. And we're tied. And we go together. And that's the whole point. It's frustrating because you have to work together. And you have to give in to each other. And keep up with each other. And work with each other. And speak to each other. And be patient with each other. And give each other hope and promise. Now you can, you can keep going. Come on, I'm tired. No, no, come on. keep. Because you're tied to each other. And brothers and sisters, whether you recognize it or not, you are bound in Christ. And the truth is that We all move together or we don't move. And we have to be responsible for moving together. And so to equip the saints for the work of ministry, as he says in verse 11, to build up the body of Christ, what is the point of that building up? What what is the ministry we're going to do for each other? Is to help each other in the knowledge of Christ. You see? So when one of our members passes away, as our dear brother Don has recently, and our dear sister spoke of the word applying in everyday life in our Sunday school class, 
You see, we enable each other to believe the truth of Christ's salvation right then. We enable each other to believe His presence with us, to believe His ongoing promise of entering into His presence at death. We help each other believe His love to us in the worst of circumstances and to help each other believe in His glorious resurrection which will one day conquer physical death and remove the curse from this world forever. You see, that's how we exercise our gifts to each other so that we all come to what? A unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. So in in all that we do, in all of our service to each other, we have that view in mind. Even if we're doing a physical service, we want it to manifest Christ so that my brother or sister can inch a little closer to know Christ. It's the whole point of our fellowship, really. Not just to have a good time, which we do. Not just to enjoy stuff together, which we do but to inch us toward the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And not just a bare knowledge, but that knowledge that I've spoken of, of conforming our lives to Him. So we are bringing each other along. We are part of the protection against the false teaching that He speaks of in verse 14. As we together speak the truth in love to one another and and nourish and hold on to one another, we guard one another against the storm that is surrounding us. And this is the great work that God has given you as a member in this church. You've placed you strategically in His body with this cosmic purpose of building up this organism that is the light of the world. Wow. This is the place where the light bursts forth and you've been given a role to help make it healthy. (laughs) There couldn't be a more important position in the world. CEOs can't hold a candle to you, brothers and sisters. You're in the body of Christ. And we're like each other's waiters, (laughs) you know, keeping the glass full. And we're keeping each other full of faith and hope and obedience and passion and love and desire and worship. We're keeping our glasses full of the knowledge of Christ so that it is Christ that fills all of our horizons. It is Christ we want to please and be like and trust in the midst of the most difficult times. And we're encouraging one another to that end. Or to change the analogy, we're keeping each other's pantries full, refrigerators full, so that whenever you open the refrigerator, you know, sometimes kids coming back from college, they just love because they've just nothing in their dorm room, you know, but scattered pieces of food everywhere. And you come home, yes, (laughs) the refrigerator is full. And by God's grace, you see, we supply each other. We keep the pantry full, the refrigerator full, uh, helping us to take possession of all that is ours in Christ. That's what it means to appropriate Christ, to, to make use of Christ, to receive and act in accordance with Christ, for your whole perspective to be governed by what we know of Christ. All of my attitudes and desires influenced by who Christ is.
And that's what we want to help one another be and do. And that means that you yourself have to be on that quest. With what are you nourishing one another except your own passions of Christ, your own desire and trust in Him. And and then you want that trust to be infectious and you help someone else trust as you did in your hard situation, you see? How you've tasted His goodness and then you want to help another brother or sister taste His goodness. And you, by God's grace, kept your focus and gave yourself away in love in the midst of difficult circumstances. And and so you want to help a brother or sister do the same. And that's where, and I want to emphasize this as a kind of second point, each one of you, each one of you has been given this. If you look with me at verse 16... He says, and here's the way it works, of course. Christ, everything comes from the head. He's the life. Both here in the sister passage, if you want to look at it later, Colossians 2.19, it has this same phrase, from whom the whole body. The head, from whom the whole body. So all life comes from Him. That's where we started in verse 7. He's exalted and He pours out His life and gifts upon the church. So everything comes from Christ. But how is it ministered then? How does it come to us? And this is amazing. The very language of the text is amazing. Because he says, we're joined and held together. And then the word equipped in the ESV could also mean nourished. So we're joined and held together and nourished by every joint. That means you, you've got to get your head around this. You are the source of my nourishment from Jesus Christ. You are the source of binding and holding me in the body through what you receive with Jesus Christ. And I to you. You see, all comes from Him, but it's administered only within the body. You know, the early church would say something that some people think is heresy, but it's really true. They said that there is no ordinary, ordinarily there is no salvation outside the church. And in America, that almost be a heresy. <laughs> I don't need the church. I don't need to be a part of the church. It's me and God, dude. No, it's not. No, it's not. This text tells us that we all together are moving toward the fullness of Christ and we've got to hold on to each other. It's a three-legged race. You've got to be filling my pantry. I've got to be filling your pantry. And while there is an emphasis on the teaching gifts and the leading gifts in verse 11, it's, it, it, here in verse 16 and verse 7 and others in here, it's very clear that every person has a part in this ministry of bringing each of us to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And it's amazing because it says then, it makes the body grow. Our work for each other makes the body grow. And that word is the same one as from chapter 3 when it said, He is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power that works within us as a body. 
And here that power is working to do, to make us to grow. It says in Colossians, it's a growth from God. A growth from God, but it's administered to one another. That's how important you are. Every joint. My friend Dave Hassel and a later friend Dwight Driscoll, I've played a lot of sandlot football and uh, I saw two guys' shoulders uh, separated, you know, playing football. Of course, you're being idiots, you know, and you're hitting each other and tackling each other and you have no pads or helmets. So uh, that's where I sprained a, uh, a foot that gives me trouble sometimes to this day. But to see that shoulder... You know, that's supposed to be here and it's down here. And he's in utter agony. And I think there's one joint out of place. Look at the pain and the agony of a joint being out of place. And there's an analogy in Scripture about us being a building. And we've talked about this in the new members class. Bricks are not made to just be sitting in a field. They're made to be a part of a building. And you're stones, you're living stones that belong in a building. But even more graphic and serious is if you're walking in a field, you see a bunch of bricks, you might think, well, there must have been something here one time and now it's gone and all that. But if you're walking through the field and you see a body part, then you're calling the police, aren't you? You're calling the authorities. Something bad has happened here. You're a part of the body. (laughs) You belong You belong with us, in us, contributing, and you have a place. And it's what's so glorious is your quest to know Christ is central then to your place, whatever your gifts are, to your place in this body to help us to know Christ by your passion, by your knowledge, by your example, urging us on all on in our spiritual three-legged race as we stumble and struggle But even though we're a stumbling, struggling bunch of sinners, by His grace, we are the cosmic force of the universe. (laughs) Because He says, right after saying, He fills all things in verse 10, and He gave His gifts. See, the way He accomplishes His sovereign influence in this world is bound up. And how he rules his church and fills us so that we love one another. And of course, that's the definition in verse 16. What is the result? We're built up into a body of love. That's the most significant thing on this earth. Love has been planted from heaven in this dark world. It's a little symbol of what this world will come to in the new heavens and the new earth. We're a promise of the final paradise. I love the fact that in the temple and in the tabernacle, it was all over it were pictures of paradise. You see, the temple and the tabernacle, it was a return to paradise. Return into the presence of God. And we have a return into the presence of God through Jesus Christ. And in His presence, we care for one another and love each other and help each other to know Christ. And we spill out our love to a broken world. Praise God that He has given you a place of significance in this world. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we rejoice in You.
We rejoice that we stand in your presence, restored in Jesus Christ, forgiven of our sins only through what he has done on the cross. Oh Lord, we confess that we don't even care sometimes that we belong to the body of Christ. And we confess that we get on each other's nerves at times, that we have struggles and strains in our body like every church does. We confess our own hearts are so often not quick to forgive, not quick to serve, to give ourselves away. We admit, Lord, that we can get our feelings hurt. We confess to you that there is so much in each one of us. It's not out there. It's in each one of our hearts. And so we come to you, Almighty Head, in our weakness. And we thank you that you save us. You really save us, each one of us. And you overcome our sin and you transform us and you make us into this body. It all comes from the head. Lord, thank you for your life that is in us. Thank you, Lord, that you will do this work. We trust in you alone. There is no other. And we rejoice that we sinners who deserve eternal judgment have been given a central place in the light and love that is breaking out in this world and that will issue in the new heavens and the new earth. Thank you, Lord, that with all of our struggles, we still are tasting the life of heaven ahead of time. Thank you. Thank you for such a privilege. And oh, may we manifest that heavenly life in each other's lives. As Jesus taught us to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is in his name we pray. Amen.